Thank you, everybody. I should wear this old sport coat more often. <laughs> I was like, why don't they clap for me? And then I figured out, I need to put on a jacket, I guess. Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house this morning, especially on a day like t- today. And like Mandy said, my name is Gino Allison. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, and I want to welcome you here to the South Suburban Vineyard Church. See some new faces in the house today, so welcome to those of you who are visiting for the first time today. And also, we can't forget about the folks watching us online, so thank you for joining us online. It's a really, really special day today, Um, and we have some special uh, guests in the building that I want to just highlight. First, we have uh, Flossmore's new mayor, uh, Mayor Michelle uh, Nelson, in the house. So, Mayor Michelle, where are you? Can you wave at us, please? There you go. Thank you. So good to have you in the house today. We also have uh, Vineyard Royalty. Maybe you don't know uh, that these folks here are Vineyard Royalty. This is Steve and Cindy Nicholson. The, uh, yeah. Steve and Cindy, you hear us talking about Vineyard OGs. Like these are some of the Vineyard OGs from way, way back in the John Wimber days, you know. And not only are they special to the Vineyard, Vineyard Royalty, they're royalty in my life because I couldn't tell my story in a comprehensive way, without their names coming up. They are the founding pastors of the Evanston Vineyard in Evanston, Illinois. They just retired and handed their church over, but retirement for Steve and Cindy is kind of a, yeah, they're still working, right? <laughs> and so I just wanted to honor them. Uh, they're in the house today. Um, my good friend Calvin Rogers is here today. Calvin, can you wave at us? Yeah, yeah that's Calvin Rogers. <laughs> you may or may not know Calvin unless you're a music junkie like me, right? Uh, Calvin is a gospel legend in, in the gospel music industry. He's a world-class drummer, and he's worked on some of your favorite records, whether it be Fred Hammond, Marvin Sapp, any of your gospel favorites. Uh, Alvin, uh, Calvin is probably playing on it, but most recently we've entered a relationship where he's uh, joined the Vineyard Worship team as producing some of our Vineyard Soul records and some songs that we'll sing today, whether it be Heaven's Work or Generous God Later. Um, those songs flowed out of this church, but we partnered with uh, Calvin to help bring those alive. And so I'm thankful that you can be here today. Blessing the drum kit for us today. And my, my good buddy, my new friend, Jonathan Sorrell, is also here on bass. So give John a hand as he, he stepped, away from, stepped away from their responsibilities to be with us here today. I, I can't go with my mom is snuck in here too. So mom, where you at? Can you wave your hand? My lovely mother is here, and I see one of my sisters back there, Renette. So good to be in the house today. Uh, and today, today we set, this is a celebration on many different fronts, but mostly what we're celebrating is God's goodness, right? We're celebrating his kindness and his generosity toward us as we celebrate our 12th year anniversary. And this is especially sweet because I don't know if you remember, but we had a little bit of a bumpy year last year. And so because of you know, situations and circumstances outside of our control, we didn't have an opportunity to celebrate 11 years. And so there's some extra oil on today as we lean into celebration. And let me just tell you, I never get tired of telling our story, right? A church planting reality like ours, we're always onboarding new people. And what I understand is in the hustle and bustle of doing church life and running a family and doing a job and just doing all this stuff, we can forget the road that we took to get here. And so one of the things that I always want to do, slow down on a day like today, is 
tell our story and basically ask and answer the question, how do we get here? How do we get here? Well, there's a couple of things that mark how we got here. But the first one is something that I call holy discontent, right? Holy discontent. We, we're here today because we were dissatisfied in some way with something that was going on in the past. Somebody said the dissatisfaction is the womb of invention. Discontent. I, I, I have some unrest with something. I'm dissatisfied. I'm discontent with something, and that is the womb for great ideas. It's the womb for vision and invention. So that's how we got here today, the very start. I can't tell the story unless I go all the way back to me growing up on the south side of Chicago as a little boy, right? Beautiful black community, uh, rich Christian community. My parents are pastors, and so I'm a PK. Any other PKs in the house? And so I grew up in this community uh, that was almost exclusively African-American, which basically means we didn't have any meaningful contact with folks who are outside of our cultural group. But I didn't know any better, but that was life. Go to church three, four times a week on a light week. (laughs) That was just what we did. And so life was going fine, moving along fine until I graduated from Dunbar High School And then I moved two hours south to go to the University of Illinois and uh, talk about a culture shock. A little black kid from the south side. Uh, My my world was turned upside down because for the first time in my entire life, I was interacting with people who were of a different culture than me. It was an overwhelmingly white environment, and in many ways, I found it dizzying and disorienting. But God would use that discomfort to birth this church. He would use that dissatisfaction to birth and to build what we have here before us today. You see the pictures of me. I joined InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, and I was maybe one or two pieces of chocolate in the whole room, in any given room. Um, But the Lord, even though I went to the University of Illinois for, for academic education, What I paid my money for was the social education that I got. Because through these people and through these friendships and through what were many awkward exchanges, the Lord taught me, he taught me to value difference. First stage is tolerating difference. Okay, this is new. Let me get used to this. But as you press into that, he taught me to value difference. And so those white guys and those Asian brothers and sisters and those Latino brothers and sisters taught me to see value in places where I had missed it before. I was getting a social education. For two years into my time uh, in InterVarsity, a friend of mine from InterVarsity said, Hey, Gino, I-, I know you complain about, you know, wanting to go to a more spirit-filled church like back home. Maybe you should try the vineyard. <laughs> and the vineyard was known in the town as the weird Holy Spirit church, you know. They... <laughs> They, they move around. Somebody might break out in tongues. They lift their hands during the singing, you know. Uh, if you want to go to a weird Holy Spirit church, maybe you should try the vineyard. So I walk into the vineyard, super white church. But I had had a couple years to get adjusted to that, and so it didn't throw me off too much. But the Spirit met me powerfully in that church. Powerfully in that church. I'd sit 
off to the side in one of the side rooms. And each week through the, through the worship, I would just weep through the worship. The spirit just would overwhelm me. And I would begin to meet the pastors and some of the leaders. And I don't know if I fell in love with the vineyard, but maybe I fell in like with the vineyard, right? And so all along, I'm getting this social education that really money can't buy. And then I meet my wife, Shannon. And if I was doing the sort of undergraduate level social education, like when you start dating somebody from a different race, that, those are graduate level <laughs> cultural immersion classes. And so the lesson began. But as we begin to partner together and go deeper in the vineyard, I liked it, maybe loved it, but that holy discontent would rise up again. Because as a black man, it cost me a whole lot to be there. In fact, I would remember sneaking away on Wednesday night to go to a black church just so I could hear some black singing and some black preaching because I felt like I was losing myself in that church. It cost me a lot to be there, and I would complain to God, and I would complain to other people until the Lord spoke to me. As clear as I ever heard the Lord speak to me, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was a clear voice that says, hey, when you start your church, make sure it's not that way. He didn't say, if you start a church, or if it's in the cards for you. He said, when you start your church, make sure it's not that way. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I believe that that was my commissioning That night, as the Lord spoke to me and I began to talk it over with my wife, we began to dream and scheme about what it might look like to plant a vineyard expression of a local church that would be the sort of thing that that a wide cross-section of people who wouldn't just have to put up with difference, but who valued difference, could come together at the same table. They wouldn't have all their snacks, but there'd be something on the table for them, and we begin to imagine what that might look like. Happy Layman, our sending pastor, gave me a list of four people. He said, these four people, you can't talk to them. Anybody else in the church, <laughs> if they'll go with you, you can, you can take them. Don't talk to these people. But anybody else, you can take them. And so we began having meals and talking to people. Most of them were in our small group. And uh, over the course of three years, we built our church plant. Tammy, you can put that picture up. This is <laughs> the only picture we have from back in the day, a team picture. But these folks are the folks who either moved here with us, a couple of folks were already here, and this is our original church plant team, who, by the way, is still with us 12 years later. So listen... If you, get, if you get tired of me talking about these folks, you're just going to have to maybe find a different church because there is, a, there is a deep place. In fact, would the OGs just stand up, please? Look, no, 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 don't sit down, don't sit down, don't sit down, take it in. And Mark's back there in the booth, don't miss him. Without these people, there's no us. There's no us. And you talk to anybody who knows anything about church planting, 
They drilled it into us. Hey, get, get one year's maybe two, if you're lucky, three or four, but, but your church team or church plant team, just scaffolding, they're not going to be around. The team's going to blow up. Just get ready. And so year one, two, three, we're just waiting for somebody to fall off. Waiting for somebody to say, you know what, we've had a good run. But here we are. Here we are, 12 years later. Give these folks another round of hands. You guys can be seated. And so in June of 2009, we move up here, trying to figure out what to do, where to go, where the grocery store is. Some folks didn't have jobs. In, June, and in November of 2009, we start meeting in an old musty basement, St. Paul Community Church. No disrespect to St. Paul Community Church, but the basement was a little dingy, y'all. <laughs> and this picture right here is our setup. And this actually could be a picture of the second service because that's how many people. <laughs> we had everybody show up the first service. I'd be like, man, we're going to have to knock a wall out and put some more chairs. They're like, David and Shannon like, you know that was our family, right? Like, those are... <laughs> They got churches already, brother. No, print some more bulletins. And week two, this is, <laughs> there were more people on the stage than were in the seats. And such is church planning. But see Alicia up there and Dez and Big Mike back there. We just, we just went for it. And there were Sundays we were just like, man, I hope somebody's going to show up today. I hope the Lord shows up today. But. And we, we look kind of skinny because we've been fasting for 30 days. <laughs> I feel like I need to say that. Otherwise, you're like, man, right? We were on an extended fast, you know. Either way, the Lord met us. He met us powerfully. But it all started with what? Holy discontent. We were dissatisfied with something. And Pastor Turner, my, my childhood pastor growing up, would always say, he would always say, the thing that bugs you most is oftentimes what God is challenging you to fix about the world, to fix about the kingdom, or to fix about the world around you. No truer words have ever been spoken. So holy discontent. The second thing that got us here is a lean toward simplicity. A lean toward simplicity, which is, by the way, fairly easy to do when you're a church plant. There's hardly any sizzle. There's nothing sexy about meeting in a musty, you know, basement with four or five people in the seats, the band up there just trying to scratch it together. There's no smoke. There's no lasers. There's no lights. And so in the early days, it's fairly easy to lean towards simplicity. But, but, but when you get some folks and you get a little bit of money and you buy a building, we, we, we were constantly up against the tug toward what? Flashy, exciting, big, Right? But the Spirit would always pull us back to simplicity. And as we would focus on simplicity, I pressed toward a desire to do just a few things well, to anchor everything we did and everything we spent money on, on loving God, loving people, and living it out. If it doesn't meet those three things, I mean all three of them, we had just decided as a senior leadership team and as a church council that we would not do it that we would not spend time on it, that we would not spend energy on it. Love God, love people, live it out. All the while, pressing towards simplicity, trying to set a table that the widest cross-section of people, black, white, Asian, First Nation, Hispanic, everybody 
to get a hold of, knowing, of course, that we won't be black enough for somebody who wants a black church experience. We got pretty close this morning with, with the worship. A little taste of heaven. We wouldn't be white enough for, a church, for somebody who wanted a white church experience. And on and on down the line. But we would set a table so that those who would be willing to pay what it costs to do life together would gather around it, a lean toward simplicity. And third, we were here because of a dependence on the Spirit. A dependence on the Spirit. And, and I, you saw that team stood up, stacked, man. The skill set in that team is, is stacked. And we could get a whole lot of done just by human effort. But we understood that what God was building, we would have to have a dependence on the Spirit. The Mary, the simplicity that we desire to have with a dependence on the Spirit meant that what you experienced here wouldn't be so wild and out there that you couldn't bring that home with you. You couldn't have that same experience or a similar one in your car or as you listen back to the worship or listen back to the message. We really partner with the Spirit to fly low to the ground. And the fourth thing that has got us where we are is a faith in Christ that he will build and sustain his church and not us. Which means that we are, we are deeply married to this notion that SSV is God, God's idea and not mine. That the South Suburban Vineyard Church is his idea and he loaned it to us to steward. And so we've carried through these 12 years a deep and abiding faith that God would build his church, but he would also sustain his church through all the vicissitudes of church planting and church growth. Now, let me just say, that faith was tested in the last 18 months. You say you had a faith that God will sustain and build his church, and then March 2020 happens and Times Square looks like this. And downtown Chicago looks like this. And churches all over the country, all over the world, including ours, look like this. How do you weather something like that? How do you come back for something like that? Well, I could tell you or I could show you a video that we conveniently have ready right now. Because this video that Pastor Jordan put together really, really tells the story of how a church like ours, we're still relatively young, uh, made it through a year like 2020 and beyond. And so I want you to take some time to watch this video. It's like 11 minutes long, but it really tells the story. So guys, we ready for that video? All right, let's roll it. We saw the favor and blessing of God on us so heavily throughout COVID that it really increased my faith to like, to go after some things. We just didn't have the imagination before right. COVID to like think outside the box. COVID has discipled us in love, I think. Dr. King's words about the real measure of a person is not where they stand during times of comfort and convenience, but where they stand when the chips are down and when things are hard. And I've watched 
these people be faithful. I've watched these people show up in death, people in need, people struggling from loneliness and depression and anxiety. I've watched these people live out what it means to love when it's hard to love and it's hard to show up. I think COVID has shown us the very best of our community. I feel like I wouldn't trade the SSV community for anything. My experience at SSB has been nothing short of just a breath of fresh air. I've always loved this church the moment I stepped foot in it. It's just a community of people that really care about you. It's a beautiful picture of heaven on earth. You just don't want to be an attender. You want to be part of, of SSV. You want to call it your home. The ability to just jump right in. There's a spot for everyone. The family feel, the friendship feel. I think I needed a place where I needed to be refreshed and I need to be encouraged and just I need to be strengthened. I need a strong, anointed community to get some oil on their prayers. They do an incredible job of getting at the heart of God. One of the overriding things as Americans is what's in it for me. And that's really not what SSV is about. It's, it's how can I better serve you? How can I love others? How can I love our community and bring them closer to Jesus? This church is like, I really feel like the definition of what church is. I love SSV. COVID may uh, shut down some businesses and shut things down, but COVID cannot shut the church down. When I think about where our church was pre-COVID, I. I think the memory that stands out in my mind the most was our 10th anniversary service. But it felt like a big moment for us. It felt like it kind of was like setting the stage for where we were headed. We really started to hit our stride as a church. We had the opportunity to purchase this building after a successful building campaign. We had even started the first wave of significant renovation. Every measurable category of ministry life, finances, everything like that, just Sunday morning attendance was everything was up into the Right. We were at the height of what we would just consider being a successful church plant. And then COVID. We were a little discouraged, uh, as everyone was, with uh, COVID shutting the world down. It was, it was a, a struggle to uh, face the facts that we had to close down. And making those really tough decisions of do we open, do we close. Somebody gave us a word years ago, and what they said was, everything we will ever need as a church will already be in the house. Those words uh, came to pass in real time. Mark and Jordan came over to my house. We had quick ordered some video gear so that we could live stream. It was just really surreal. It was like texting Jordan and Mark to try and figure out like to make sure Gino's lips were on time with like whatever was happening on the yeah. screen and crawling across the basement floor to try and fix some camera shots. It was incredibly strange. People are trying to figure out about technology. I'm not very good as far as electronically wise, so it was something I needed to learn. The Facebook Live, their online sermons, vastly different than the in-service one, but fulfilling nonetheless. Even though COVID has happened, it's still been like a lot of support, like encouragement. Hats off to the leadership of this team and the staff and the tech crew and the Zoom prayer rooms at the end of the service. As those weeks, which turned into months, rolled on, 
I was actually withdrawing from <laughs> having withdrawals from like being around people. But I was thankful that we were able to still have, have the family gather virtually and to see people's comments as they would come through and folks show up each week on the live stream and even new faces join. That certainly made a difference. I visited virtually during the pandemic. Coming to the church online, attending for more than a year before actually showing up in person. We just kept kind of feeling called back to that live stream and that Facebook. A friend of ours on Facebook had been putting out some content from South Suburban Vineyards. We decided to check it out. Quarantine allowed me to get closer to God. God hooked me back in. By God's grace, I've, I've seen churches, including this one, just grow in numbers, grow financially. When we started to learn more about COVID and what was possible and what wasn't possible. We switched right away to online small groups, Zoom small groups. We also did the SSV family prayer, which was also on Zoom. And I think we really needed to see each other's faces, even in those little Zoom squares, and people would be laughing on there and crying on there. And then we did the Saturday socials and the, the tailgates in the parking lot. It was like a cool drink of water for our souls because we just so badly wanted to be like in the company of other people. I'll never forget coming back for that first week in November. I would say a third plus of the people in the room were folks that were not with us. And even to this day, significant percentage of people who are in our services today are people who we did not know prior to the pandemic. When we came back to uh, in-person services, I really wanted to allow more voices to speak to the congregations. We were all seasoned in really profound ways by this pandemic. I think in the first month we were here, there were three or four different pastors or people who preached on a Sunday morning. And there's a humility to that. People come to the stage with nothing to prove but the glory of God. It's not about position or rank. Just really blown, blown away how, how God is just using everyday ordinary people to bring such a such a powerful word here. So I feel like the word that is preached from the from the stage or from the pulpit is is authentic and people talk about um, their strengths but also their weaknesses. Sermons like really challenge us to reflect on on ourselves and help us become better. Over the last year we've had the opportunity to really evaluate like what's important. There's been new people, new leadership added to our organization and I feel like we are at a place where people are really operating out of their gifts and their mm -hmm. talents and their skills. What I knew is that when we came back in person, I wanted us to come roaring back. I'm gonna ask Mandy, I know she's got a job, I'm gonna ask her to be my communications director. Mandy's bubbly, I love, I love bubbles because we're bubbly together. <laughs> Alan Franklin, this is one of the most talented musicians I know. One of the most encouraging people I've ever met. He can come to church uh, to worship or practice and he'll be like, oh no, we just need to pray right now. We knew we need some new kids ministry director and an admin assistant. Allison, she and I have become fast friends and you know, she's just a blessing as well to me. Lauren has a special way, I think with prayer, she just has a gentle spirit about her. They just do their job so well. They believe in what we do and they just show up so well. We're at a place now where the challenge for all of us is to show up and to show up well, to show up consistently, and to get back to the places we were before COVID disrupted everything.
Year 12, I'm living the dream. What I mean by that is I feel like we are getting to walk in what the Lord promised us. Owning this place and leveraging it to do the type of ministry that we've always dreamed of. I just feel like the weight of doing ministry life has been really well spread out over our staff and key leaders. And I feel like we're the most ready we have ever been to really impact this city, really impact this community. Salvations, power encounters, like healings, signs, wonders, miracles. This year, I just feel like could and should be uh, a breakout year for us. When I think about year 12, there's so much of church life uh, that is just a space for invitation from the Holy Spirit. So I'm really looking forward to seeing people move in their giftings to become who God has called them to be and for us to just kind of get to sit and watch it all. And over the years, we've just had such good people here at the SSV and I'm just so grateful because I feel like even for my own soul, I don't know if I would have weathered some of the storms of life without community. I don't know how people do it without yeah. community. I just want more people to know about this place. I feel like it's such a little like secret. This is like the best kept secret in the South Suburbs. I just want to see growth and not even necessarily numbers wise, but just deepening in our relationship with God and our faith with God and our trust with where God's going to take us. What does it mean for this body to be a church here in this area? The name South Suburban is descriptive of a place. How are we together sharing who Christ is, living that out with one another so that others can only help but say, what's going on there? And I want to be a part of that. To experience at this moment, at this season is like, wow, this is 12 years. If God has done this much in these 12 years, imagine the next 12 years. 12 years to push through a church plant is not an easy thing to do it during a pandemic is probably that much harder. We're just excited to see what the next 12 years bring. <laughs> I appreciate this church. I love the pastors. And uh, I continue to pray that we would grow more in uh, this diversity, you know, and that God would draw more people of like spirit. I lean on Philippians 3 a lot talking about uh, considering others as more important than yourselves. Here at SSV, it was really lived out. There's a lot of concern and compassion. Love God, you know, love people, and live it out. It's not a benign slogan, but any church should be able to say that. I feel like it's transformational. Our lives are forever changed because of these past 12 years, and it's the way that God just works out in us what He's called us to be so that we can live on purpose and on mission. Hey, give it up one more time for Pastor Jordan and his uh, So here we are, right? And so one of the things that we like to do, and part of it was done in that video, is like um, the pastors, we have a unique vantage point of how things are going and what God is doing. Uh, but oftentimes, you, you don't get to hear what we get to hear. So we always like to make some space during these services so you can hear from a couple of folks that can talk to you about how they are experiencing uh, SSV. And so I want to invite Jordan up. <clears throat> and so Jordan is going to share for a few minutes. Somebody say a few minutes. <laughs> a few minutes 
just from the perspective of one of our original team members who has experienced this church, especially during the pandemic, a certain way. And then we have a few others uh, after him. So Jordan Arsenal, everybody. Good morning. Well, like Gino said, my name is Jordan Arsenault, and my wife Nikki and I are the community life pastors here at the South Suburban Vineyard. We oversee uh, small groups and events, and uh, when I was 26 years old, and Nikki was 25, uh, we were asked by Gino and Shannon to uh, try this church plan out, and uh, at the time, um, uh, he was actually thinking about, like, Western Michigan, like Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, Battle Creek area. And my wife and I were working in television in Champaign, and we were, we were really looking to move to Milwaukee or St. Louis or Indianapolis. And so working at WOOD-TV in, in Battle Creek, that wasn't too appealing. <laughs> but thank God that he was leading Gino and Shannon to plant in the south suburbs and this is our home, man. Uh, Homewood Flossmoor area, um, this, this area, we, we just consider it our, our place. And so we're just so thankful for that. And uh, I have grown so much through SSV. Um, I think when we started, I was really focused on the technical part of it. Um, but just as the years went on, I just, I got a much more of a passion for Jesus and uh, we were ordained in, in 2015, and uh, I'm so thankful for our original church plant team, but just the people that have called this place home and have stuck with us over the years, you guys are like family to us, and so we're so grateful for that. Uh, Nikki and I have the opportunity to preach next week, and so you'll hear a little bit more about our story over the last year because in November of last year, our daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. And so on top of the pandemic and all of the stresses of life, um, we had to deal with our, our little girl, um, you know, getting a disease. And our church just showed up so well for us. Um, we can't begin to thank everyone here um, so much for all of the support and the money and the meals and the prayers and encouragement. And it's, uh, it's just been a blessing um, uh, to be in this community. And uh, I, I thank God for what he's done in the last 12 years. I, we, we have a, a vision and a mission of, of what our church can be and what it sh what it's gonna, will be in the future. Um, uh, but uh, the last 20 months, 18 months, have, uh, have really... Um, helped us grow in ways that uh, are, are going to help us in the next 12 years, I think. Um, uh, we, weren't, we weren't live streaming before the pandemic, and now that's like one of our main ministries that we're doing. We weren't praying for people online. We weren't meeting in Zoom small groups. And as a community life pastor, I just know that that one-on-one -on -one time with people is so important. And now it's never been easier to meet with a group and to pray. And so um, in many ways, it is refining us. And so I'm blessed. I'm just blessed to see this. And I just thank God for what he's doing at SSB. Thank you, Jordan. Rachel, why don't you make your way up? 
Um, but Jordan is our community, Jordan and his wife are community, community life pastors, and he's also a Emmy Award winning videographer, uh, photog. <clears throat> and so we talk about all the ways that God has uniquely stacked our team with everything that we need. It's been really, really special. Now you're going to hear from our dear sister, Rachel Stewart. So give her a hand as she comes. Hey, Rachel. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I probably should have grabbed some tissue on the way because I'm a weeper. So y'all just bear with me if I start weeping or something up here because coming after that video, wow, wow. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> Um, so SSV has been more than a church to me. It's been home. I'm so grateful for the Lord leading us here in the community we experience. When we were praying for a new church home, we had just a few requirements. Charismatic and passionate about healing and deliverance, small enough that we wouldn't get lost in a crowd, and diverse enough that we could fit in but also learn something new. SSV has been all that and more. I constantly feel challenged, checked on, and loved. Pastors Gino and Shannon have consistently made time for me and my family, from inviting us into their home for marital council that came with yummy snacks, uh, emergency meetings at Starbucks with Shannon, or late-night deliverance meetings. We have always had our needs met with no questions asked. When we first started visiting the church and Pastor Shannon and I had our first coffee date, one thing I asked was what they needed of members. Her main request was show up and engage in the community. It's, a, it's been a blessing to do so through joining the prayer team and having the honor to lead my first small group. This is just my shameless plug to join a ministry team because with the more workers, we can go higher and farther than ever before. So please join a ministry team. <laughs> um, during the pandemic, we had the unique opportunity of having a baby, beautiful yet terrifying. Um, but our SS, SSV family did not disappoint during this crazy season. When Cliff was laid off and I was on maternity leave, how we would pay our bills was a surprise each month. And then a few weeks before Christmas, Jenny showed up at our front door with a smile and a check. This was further confirmation that the vineyard is not just words, but actions. They met our spiritual and emotional needs, but a tangible financial need as well. And I can't forget the curbside check-ins. Seeing the Allison family smile at us as we raised Caleb up like Simba from The Lion King was just amazing. Um, I have been, I've continued to be in awe of the community we have here. Um, I just want to shout out a few people who've made an impact while we've been here over the past two years. This list is not exhaustive because I could go on and on about all of the people. Um, but Carla Lewis for always just being a smile, commenting on every single Facebook post that I make just about, and just feeling the, the love. Um, I know when we were out, I just missed sitting next to you, so I just am thankful that I didn't feel the loss so much during the pandemic. You really just reached out so much. Um, Allison Middleman, um, she is amazing. She has kids, she homeschools, she does all that, and then she's still doing the kids' ministry here. I am just in awe of you and how you do it, and you make me uh, just want to be a better mom all the time. Shantae Roberson for being, her and Mark were the ones who invited us years ago, um, and just their continued um, persistence at getting us here, and we are here, and we are staying, so thank you guys for that. Uh, Cassandra Farrell for being just a loving face all the time. Your hugs are so healing, so thank you for being you. Judy King for, if you guys did online small groups, she was in every single small group, every single one. I would see her multiple times a week. So you are the epitome of showing up. 
And so thank you for that. <laughs> Lauren Mawakizi for just being you. You, um, we can see that you spend time with God. Um, so thank you for just taking on the mantle of coming up here, listening for God's voice, and just um, encouraging us to go deeper. I know that my prayer life has changed um, because of you. Jordan and Nikki Arsenal, um, showing up in the battle of your life. You guys, are, you know, you just, you know, you're, you're just showing up. And so that doesn't go unnoticed, and we thank you and we love you for everything you do. Um, and last but not least, Desiree Duma for reminding us how important it is to just stop and listen to somebody's stories. Thank you for advocating for yourself and advocating for others. And when life gets hard, being okay to talk about it. Um, and so I just thank you and we love you and we support you as a, um, as a family too. So I just want to say thank you to this community for continually loving God, loving people, and living it out. Um, so one quick note, we asked people to be specific. We, we told them to name names, right? Because what we know is if you're living a life on mission, your name should come up in the testimonies of others, right? So we told people to name names. And so people are doing that. A few more. Miss Kylia May, would you give her a hand as she comes? I know I know most of y'all because of my mama. Y'all, everybody know Keely, right? That's my mama. Uh, all right, so I've been coming here for about three years. I started coming in about my sophomore, junior year of college, which, you know, most people don't start going to church in the middle of college. You know, that's the party times. But uh, I was born and raised in the church, and then we started the, the church that I grew up in. Got We discontinued that church, and I was like, all right, we got we to gotta do some new things. So came here, and it was very welcoming, very inclusive. Shannon snatched me up right away. She was like, oh, that's a red bird. Let me go ahead and grab her up. And then also, if you don't know already, um, I teach middle school. So that I had that in common, too. She was like, oh, she teaches, and she's a red bird. Okay, we got to make sure we keep her here. Uh, if you don't know, I do volunteer for the kids' church, as you can see. That's what I was just doing, just came up back here. Uh, I love working with the kids. It's so great to see them bloom because when I started, they were little babies, and now, they, now they're like fourth or fifth graders. I'm like, oh, my goodness, who is this? You got a whole new personality. Love to see it. <laughs> uh, I love engaging with the parents as well and telling them how great their kid was today. Like, oh, they said the verse perfectly. They remembered it from last week. You should have seen them in the back today singing. I was like, look at my little choir. I was like, one voice like the Clark sisters. Come on, babies. It was great. It was a great time. <laughs> I just want to do a couple, couple shout-outs. Got a shout-out. I already shouted out Shannon a lot. I was, had the pleasure of working with Shannon outside of church, and I think that's what really inspires me to act differently outside of church. The message that Shannon did on the Love University it stays in my head to this day. I'm like, sometimes I ain't graduate from Love University, and sometimes I got to go Got to go back to church, got to, got, to, got to get it together, and then try to bring that to the, to the schools because these kids, they need that love. They need that love university. So I'm trying my best to bring what I learned here and take it there, try to spread the peace. And if it wasn't for this church, I probably wouldn't be doing it. So I very much love that I 
get this community. I am grateful for all the people that I met here. I love Ms. My, my girl, Deanna. She's trying to get me to go to the cycling. She's trying to get me fit. <laughs> I love, who else do I love? I, I can just, come, just start talking about everybody. Ramon, he got me with the children, even though I was with them all week. And he said, come on, come on Sundays too. I said, okay, okay, I'll come to there too. And who else I love? I'm just going to start looking around. Because I, I had a paper and I was like, look, we just going to go off the dome. Because it ain't genuine. It ain't from, from the heart. From the heart. From the heart. You know, Mandy, she made the monkey bread. Yes. Yes. We love Mandy with the monkey bread. Oh, let me, let me not even graze over a great big thank you to everyone who's helped me after I graduated. I cannot look. I cannot with this mic not look over that opportunity everybody who's helped me donate it to my classroom I very much appreciate it that's made me cry I'm not gonna do it. but thank you all so much I love being here and I hope more people get to come here I'm trying to get y'all some more people my age I'm trying I'm trying it's hard it's hard times but I'm trying to get them okay I'm trying all right it's, it's hard but Thank you all so much. I hope if you don't know me already, I'm Kylie. I'm Keely's daughter. You might get me confused with her, but I am. This is Kylie, the other lady. That's Keely. We're not, that, that's, we're not the same. <laughs> hey, give Kylie another hand. Hey, she's one of our, she's one of our super volunteers serving both in with our children's church and with student ministries, and so she's been a breath of fresh air. So keep bringing the young people in, Kylie. Uh, we want to hear now from Ken and Becky Jenkins, so why don't you guys make your way up. Give them a hand as they come, guys. Give them another hand as they come. It's okay. I guess I'm going first here. My oh, my wife didn't tell me we were getting dressed up today, so we may look a little odd. I uh, I just want to first start off by saying uh, I was in my church from. Um, essentially birth. My mother was one of the founding uh, members of Holy Hill on the west side of Chicago. Even though we moved to Flossmoor uh, 15 years ago, I continued, we continued to, to attend that church. And pandemic comes along and there were some changes at the church. And one day my wife says, there was a church that I talked to you about years ago. <laughs> we sometimes on the male side, we're a little slow to catch up, but she, 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 she talked about this church. She said, I, I heard nothing but greatness. And I said, yeah, but the other one I was born in. So we continued. But again, fast forward. I, um, sometimes it takes a shakeup to continue your walk. And we became uh, 
uh, we decided to, 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 to give it a try. And I, and I have to tell anybody who is going through something like that, it will take a church like this. It takes a church like this for you to understand that there's more and that sometimes you have to leave the comfortable and get uncomfortable. And I have heard God clearly in this place. The unadulterated and unapologetic word of God that comes across. You stepped on my toes many times, Pastor Allison, both of you. I said, why are they looking at me? And reading my mail in such a public way. Pastor Shannon said, you got to love your wife better. I said, okay. She was talking to all the men, but it looked like she winked at me when she said it. And I said, Lord, what is going on in this place? I'm going to be quiet and give this to my wife because we have a couple minutes. And I talk for a living, so I could go a long time. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over, Pastor. <laughs> I'm going to come back at the end, though. Um, I'm Becky Jenkins. Um, my husband and I, like I said, we've um, been here for a short time. Um, but it actually all began um, at the learning tree. Um, Gino would come in. He always had a carriage, and he always had one on a hand. And... Um, we were actually leaving um, the learning tree, and the uh, teacher pulled me to the side. She's like, well, Joseph and Jonathan really gets along. You should try to connect with them. I was like, okay, but we always try to connect. We was, I would see Shannon throughout the community events. Um, we would always speak. She was always so kind and nice, and um, it just, I would always see her. And after pandemic happened, um, Zena would always tell me, you should come and visit, come and visit um, my church, come and visit SSV, come visit my church. I'm like, okay, okay, you know, we will, we'll, we'll visit. And I, and I saw Shannon, we, she was running one day, and I told her, I said, I'm going to come and visit. I'm going to come in the next Sunday. And I came the next Sunday, and I think we've been here ever since. And um, like I said, the kids enjoy it. I don't have to drag them out to church. They enjoy coming. And Yvette was just, when she saw me, she was just so happy to see me. And because we've communicated through our kids at, at Heather Hill. And it was just such a warming place. And I saw Lauren, who I know from another preschool. And uh, our kids were the same age. And just, I continued to see people that I knew. And it was just the community. And I just felt comfortable coming here. And, and the word is so good. It, it, the, the spiritual team coming and give you this, every morning I would feel, um, just uplifted and just encouraged us to continue to go on. It's just such a beautiful experience here, and I'm just so happy we um, continue to come out. We love you all. We love you all. God bless you. Appreciate you, Ramon. I did. I mentioned Ramon. Okay. I'm always getting corrected. Thank you, preacher. Don't forget. (laughs) God bless you. Thank you, sir. Give them another hand, guys. Hey, the last, the last voice you'll hear from is my good friend, Steve Nicholson. And so Steve's going to share um, with you briefly about how the broader movement, how we're experienced outside of, we have our perspective from inside. But Steve, as a relative outsider, is going to share. And this, is, this man coached me in my first couple of years of church planting. This is a dear, dear friend, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Nicholson.
Uh, it's really a privilege to be here. And clearly, Gino, uh, the church that God spoke to you about has happened. And I, I first just want to say to you, I just have the strongest feeling today, like the best years are ahead of you. Like it's just going to be real. This, what God's going to do will surprise you. But uh, it's important, and I say this to all of you, to pray for your pastors because the enemy kind of gets wind of when God's about to do something good and he likes to try to stop it and make trouble. So, you know, just pray for them. Pray for the God to, God's protection over your leaders um, so that God's will can be fully done. So uh, we coached uh, Gino uh, for the first couple of years, and then he became my area leader. So we kind of switched chairs, <laughs> and he became my pastor. And actually, that worked, that worked really well. He was a good pastor <laughs> and uh, did really well. And then, uh, then he... Uh, he got the opportunity to go on the Vineyard National Board. The, I think they called it the executive team, which um, I don't know how many of you know that. I forget how many years were you on there, Gino? Five years, six years, something like that? You know, um, it, it's a privilege in one sense, but it's also a burden in another. I spent 25 years on the on the board, and I could not wait to get off at the end. <laughs> it is service, <laughs> very much underlined. But it was very important for him to be there then because what God has done and is doing here, God is trying to do the same thing with the broader vineyard movement across the whole country which is a lot more challenging um, because um, it's just wider. you got a lot more variety to start with, and uh, there's a longer history. It didn't, most, most vineyard churches didn't start off with any kind of diversity. You know, almost all of them just started off, you know, 100% white, uh, middle-class people. And, but that's, but God is not content with that and neither are we. You know, um, that's not the future. This is the future. Okay, so. You know, when, when uh, I remember saying to Gino, when he went on the board, I said, no. I, I actually talked you up to get you on the board, so not like, when you get there, don't be quiet. <laughs> I want you to, I wanted him to speak up. Because you, if you want to move the needle, if you want to bring change, you know, you have to speak up and make people uncomfortable. And he did. And, you know, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't. It it hasn't been easy. I, I, I've, I've seen Gino, you know, carry that burden with a lot of pain. Actually, 
Well, it's, 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 not, it's painful to uh, fight the spiritual status quo and try to bring a better future. You know, it doesn't come cheap. Um, but he's been there, and he's done it, and it's changing, is what I want to say. You know, it is changing. If, if any of you went to the National Conference in Phoenix last month, you could see the change. You know, it's, it's really moving in the right direction, and Gino's been a really key part of that process. So I want you to know about that. And then I just want to say a couple of things about Shannon, who is... An amazing woman. I don't know how she does all that she does. Uh, it seemed like for years she was always pregnant. <laughs> Which is kind of how most church plants go. <laughs> I don't know how she did it all, but I'll tell you what. She found time to pray for me. And at about, I don't know, three, four, five times that were super, super critical for me, she sent me an email or sent me a text. She had been praying for me, and God gave her a word. And she was always just really faithful to give that word. And it's been so meaningful and special to me. And I'm betting she probably does the same for a lot of you. And uh, it's just a very special thing. And I'm so very thankful for it. And then I just, I got to, sort of in that same spirit, I've got to do one more thing. Cindy and I, you know, we didn't know how long it was going to take us to get here this morning. We weren't sure if it was going to be snowing down here or not. And uh, so we got here super early. And I met this young guy over by the coffee thing. I think his name was Tyler. Is that right? Is he here? Is he in the room? There. Yeah. Well, Tyler, I think I have something from, a word from God. I, I met you and I felt like God said, there's something special about that guy. And I felt like, there's a fire in you that God's building. It's getting stronger, 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 stronger. God's building a fire in you. But you're meant to be an influencer with a lot of people. And that there's people around you right now. So I'm not talking about the far off future. I'm talking about now. That um, just the encouragement is you have things to say that people will listen to. You just got to like speak up. And put it out there. And uh, God will allow you, if you ask him, he'll show you people who are ready to hear from your peers, people you hang out with that are ready to hear. And you'll know who they are. And as you speak to them, God's going to do some surprising things among a whole group of people around you. That's what I got. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. I was pregnant for many years. And it was a challenge, but we are done with that. Amen. Amen. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And 
We just want to thank everyone who uh, shared up here today. And I am just reminded, as I hear people's story, about the power of invitation. There are some people who are sitting in this church today that we invited in 2009. (laughs) And then they just took a little while to come. Uh, And I love the story, like Rachel mentioned it, like Mark and Shantae invited her. Uh, Lauren, for example, we met Lauren very early in our time here. And um, then I just kept running into her. And I think a few of you, Becky's another example, I keep running into people. And sometimes it feels very awkward because I want to tell people I'm not doing this on purpose. (laughs) Um, But God, I feel like, uses that in a way, like I keep showing up at the grocery store at the same time. Uh, And so I just want to encourage those of you who are here today to invite people into community. And so if you call SSV home, we want to encourage you to invite people to come and join us here. But if this isn't your home church, I just want you to take that same message to your home church, to invite people into community. Because as you can see, Christian community and healthy church community can transform people's lives. And, and not only that, but we need parents to be in this church so that their kids can be in church and that the youth can be in church. Because we got kids like Tyler who are going to go out and they're going to they're gonna like ignite the world on fire for Jesus. And we just want to partner with the, what the Holy Spirit is doing. So we just want to encourage you to invite. And they may not come right away. They may take years and years to come, but I'll keep running into them at the grocery store (laughs) and at the library and at the school office. And some of you know exactly who I'm talking about because I've run into you there. And we just want to invite you into what the God is doing here and in your local church community.